0: Hi everyone, I have some weekend research for you today. This is something that I did back in episode 11 and I really enjoyed it, so we're bringing it back here. We're going to talk about how music teachers spend their time in class. My name is Victoria Bowler and this is episode 33 of Elemental Conversations. I had a conversation with a friend with a colleague recently about keeping pacing, moving during the lesson. And this friend was talking about feeling stuck, the idea of getting stuck on activities and not always being able to finish everything in the lesson plan. And I think to some extent, that's something that all of us can relate to, but you know that feeling where you're like, Oh dear, we are getting bogged down. That's what this teacher was describing. It's a bit of a different problem than just playing Planning for too much on a lesson the actual process that this person felt like they were using was not moving the lesson forward they were again in their words getting bogged down so why do we do this why do we get bogged down a lot of times we might be tempted to look at the students and say our students are talking too much and they are getting off task and that is certainly true that students are prone to talk Students are prone to being off-task, and one of our jobs that we get to do as educators is this task of redirecting students back to what we want them to be doing in order for learning to move forward. I think that is certainly true. However, when I, I should say yes and, when I look at the research for how music teachers spend their time, actually the bigger culprit of talking in the lesson based on these research reports, just in these specific cases, is not the students. The culprit is actually us. So that is something interesting. If I am ever concerned that students are talking too much, it's probably actually not the students doing most of the talking. It's probably me. And that's the big takeaway. That's the big spoiler of this episode. How do teachers spend their time in the classroom? Well, mostly we spend our time talking. So let's get into that. Let's see if there is anything that we can uncover in terms of researched information about teacher time in the classroom very quickly though i would like us to frame this conversation because there's a danger here of saying that you know we're talking too much we're doing everything wrong we need to change everything about our approach to education you know Um, and i would like to say that the point of this is not to make us feel bad about anything the point is for me that it's fun to read research studies and conveniently what we're going to see in these studies is that when we become aware of this, it is likely that we can move toward redirecting our own behavior of talking too much during class. So that's the first thing. The other thing is that there's a very convenient truth that if we start to become aware of this behavior that we want to redirect in ourselves in terms of talking and the amount of time we spend talking, a great way to start is just with awareness of that behavior that we are hoping to change in the future. So we are going to look at a few research studies. We're going to look at how they were framed. We'll talk about their results and then just some ideas about how we might choose to move forward based on this research. Let's jump in. If you have looked into this topic in terms of research studies, you will probably be familiar with Orman 2002 comparison of the national standards for music education and elementary music specialists use of class time. That is the name of the study, and it was published in the Journal of Music Education, the Journal of Research in Music Education, pardon me. So this study, you will notice that we are talking about 2002. Okay, so we are not with our current 2014 standards. We are still working with the Voluntary National Standards for Music Education. And if you happen to have not been in the classroom at that time, uh, when, when those standards were changing over from those Voluntary National Standards, you can listen to a little bit more background on that process in episode 24. Okay, for this study, we had 30 elementary general music teachers and they were videoed teaching grades 1 through 6. And then in those videos, that class time was analyzed for the teacher time and the student time. Do you remember we talked about Joshua Bloch's lesson structure where you have this category of the teacher is doing this, And then on the other side of the column, it is the student is doing this. That is kind of what's going on here. So they're doing um, kind of the follow-up of that lesson plan structure. So we have this analysis, teacher time, student time. And then we are breaking things down, or rather the researcher, uh, Orman, was breaking things down by the specific type of activity. The question that the researcher is investigating is, how are we spending our class time as elementary general music teachers and what, uh, what national standards are being addressed in the classroom and how much time are we spending on each national standard? Let's talk about the results. So in this particular study, the teachers that were analyzed were spending the most amount of time talking. That was the category that had the most percentage of class time devoted to it. Now, the second thing was modeling. <laughs> and modeling here was defined as the teacher doing something musical. Of that or you know, demonstrating what you want students to do even if you are not verbalizing those instructions. So about half of that modeling time was the teacher just modeling alone. And then the other half of that modeling was the teacher modeling and the students are doing something along with it as well. So I can imagine myself doing something like this with rest position. If I go to rest position and everybody follows me, or if I am stepping to the right to show a dance or something like that, the teacher is modeling as the primary activity, but students are doing something in that modeling as well for at least half the modeling time. Students, this is going to make sense, right? Students spent the most amount of time listening to the teacher, (laughs) listening to the teacher or watching the teacher model. The other activities that students did in this particular study were less than 10% of the total class time. You'll recall that one of the things we were investigating, the researcher was investigating here, was how many standards we are addressing and how much time we are spending with those standards. In this study, all nine standards were addressed, but the most used standards, the ones that got the most class time, were reading notation and writing notation, and the least used standards were creative tasks or things that involved artistic decision-making. Because this study was broken down by grades, we also have some interesting information about the types of what we would define as artistic processes with the lens that we use with our 2014 standards. Um, But because this was broken down by grade and the researcher was very meticulous in taking data for not only the program as a whole, but data for each individual grade level, we have some broken down categories here. Improvisation in, this, in these particular cases. Improvisation was used in grades one through three, but not in grades four through six. The standards that involve understanding music in relation to history and culture, and then the thing about relationship between music and arts and other disciplines, those were used in grades three through six, but not grades one through three. Ooh, interesting. So that's the study. Let me do a recap because that was kind of wordy. This is Orman, 2002. There were 30 elementary general music teachers, and we found that most of the class time as teachers in this study, most of the class time was spent talking. Something that strikes me as interesting when you look at the table of all of these data of uh, the class time breakdown, in this study, teachers spoke the least amount in second grade. That was 35 percent of class time but in third grade that was the most teachers were talking in this study that was 55 percent so 34 percent in second grade and third grade was 55 percent interesting right as a quick aside here, in episode eight, we talked about framing research studies. And so I want to just reiterate, in case you have not listened to that episode, and perhaps if you do not have a research background, number one, you're not alone. It's very common for music teachers not to have a research background. Um, and I certainly would not consider myself to have a, a research background. But what I would like to say because of that is just a reiteration that this is one study conducted by one researcher from for one very specific group of people, we are not supposed to take these data and say, oh, this proves that music teachers spend the most time talking. That is not what it proves. These results show that teachers in this study spent 46% of their time talking. And that's all it shows. We are not intended or rather these data are not intended to be applied in broad sweeping scenarios like a, this proves anything. It is uh, one research study with one group of people. Okay, let's jump ahead. Self-reported versus observed classroom activities in elementary general music. This is from the Journal of Research in Music Education. It was published in 1997. And in this study, 45 elementary general music teachers filled out a questionnaire. This was interesting to me. They filled out a questionnaire about how much time do you think your students spend singing and moving and talking about music and reading music, etc. And how much time do you spend talking? What what is your perception of how your classroom operates? Of those 45 teachers, 19 lessons were videoed and analyzed for teacher activities, excuse me, for student activities and teacher behavior. Student activities were broken down into things like singing, reading, listening, describing, playing, creating, and moving. And then the teacher behaviors that were looked at were talking or modeling and providing academic or social reinforcement. Let's talk about the results. The teachers were spending much less time on the activities of the lesson than they thought they were. And instead, you might not be surprised to hear that they were talking (laughs) during the time that they had previously said they would be doing an activity. Now, talking can be giving directions to an activity, you know, do this, then do this, then do this. But the paper, the researchers specified that sometimes it was not giving an activity. It was lecturing or they used the word chatting. So I think this would be something like a classroom conversation about a tangent. So sometimes we are talking to give directions and that's really important. Sometimes we are redirecting behavior. Um, interesting that they are categorizing it as lecturing and then chatting. We're just having conversations in class about some things. In this study, the students were mostly moving, followed by singing and then playing instruments. The least amount of time was given to creating. There's some continuity there between that and the study that we just talked about in terms of creative tasks being pretty low on the uh, time priority in class. Something interesting to me is that students were mostly moving, whereas in the other elementary general music class, they were mostly reading and writing notation. There is some crossover time in this study or there was some crossover time because when teachers are talking, students are not doing a musical task. But when teachers are modeling, students were much more likely to be doing something musical as well. This makes sense to me given the high amount of movement in the breakdown of student activities. It's very difficult to try to talk to someone about how to move and explain to them how to move without them wanting to move that way themselves. So this makes sense. Often when we model, we are doing something like a simultaneous imitation activity or an echo imitation activity that would involve some sort of student action. As an aside, do you remember that these researchers were breaking down the amount of time that teachers spent talking and modeling and then also giving academic and social reinforcement? The teachers in this study gave pretty low amounts of social approval, but the teachers who did include higher amounts of social approval were the same ones who gave higher amounts of creative time. Let me say that again across the board, the teachers were not giving much social approval, but the ones who did comparatively give higher amounts of social approval were also the ones who comparatively were giving higher amounts of creative time. What does that mean to us, given what we know about social and emotional learning today and how that is connected to creative tasks? I'm not sure. And obviously it is difficult to say with any certainty, given the sample size and again, going back to what research studies are designed to do and what they are not designed to do. But I think that is a very interesting correlation for us to tuck in the back of our brains. So to recap that one, that is 1997, 45 elementary teachers, 19 lessons, and the teachers spent most of the time talking. And importantly, it was more time talking than they thought they were doing that leads very nicely into this third article this is called perceptions of time spent in teacher talk a comparison among self estimates peer estimates and actual time this is from 2013 and it was published in the journal of research for music education excuse me in music education in this study we have 32 choir teachers Those teachers taught a choir rehearsal that was videotaped. So a choir rehearsal is taught and then afterwards, immediately afterwards, they have to say how much time they think they spent talking in that lesson. And then, as you can imagine, these videos are analyzed for the actual amount of time spent in talking. Here's what's interesting to me about this particular study. So the participants watch the videos with a stopwatch and they themselves are tracking their own time and then comparing it with their earlier estimates. Now, obviously the researchers are tracking the time and doing all of their data analysis as well, but this is the teachers going through the videos themselves with a stopwatch, and I can uh, empathize with that being a humbling practice because I have done it and it is revealing. Okay, the teachers did the same process a second time. Here's what's important. The same teachers do the same process a second time, leading a video rehearsal and then estimating their time and then going back with your stopwatch to time it. Here are the results of that particular uh, set of questions. In the second rehearsal, teachers cut the amount of time they were talking. They cut that time in half. Now, something that the researchers make sure to say, and it's an important thing to note, we can't say that it made them more effective teachers because this study was not tracking their effectiveness. We're only talking about how much time they spent talking. Um, But awareness and self-monitoring, those seem to be really effective strategies for decreasing the amount of teacher talk in a lesson. The very last study that we'll talk about is one that I almost did not include for two reasons. One is that it's an instrumental research study, and the other one is that it is from 1996. The instrumental part is just because I was hoping to find studies that were very specific to general music and elementary general music specifically. But since I made an exception for a choral research study, I can make an exception for instrumental as well. And then the other thing is it's a nice rule of thumb to keep your research studies around 20 uh, 20 years in terms of how old those studies are. But if I'm making an exception for a 1997 study that we talked about, I can make an exception for a 1996 study as well. Similar to the study we just talked about with the choral rehearsal, this one has some promising results that we can potentially take and apply in our classroom. So this is 60 instrumental rehearsals that are videotaped, and they were measuring the amount of time for three groups of teachers. Those three groups of teachers were experienced teachers, novice teachers, and student teachers. And this was happening at the middle school and high school level. Here is what I think is promising about these findings. The findings were that student teachers talked, do you want to guess, the most or the least? Hmm. If you said the most, you would be correct. (laughs) The student teachers talked the most and they had room for students to play the least. So the most amount of talking, the least amount of students playing. That is from the student teachers. The most experienced teachers provided the most break time, and they divided rehearsal time more equally into things like a warm-up and then musical selections and things like that. These teachers also used the most amount of nonverbal modeling, and they were the ones who talked the least out of those three groups. So if we were to take some lessons from this study, we might think about Uh, some opportunities just number one to stay in the game longer it sounds like from this particular study that the more time you have in front of your ensemble the more you will get used to some of those tiny decisions that we can make to decrease the amount of talking and increase the amount of student activity so that's good One of the problems with that, though, is that none of us can change our biological age. There is no way for a student teacher to have the amount of experience that a categorized as experienced teacher has. What we can do, though, if you are someone in your younger years, you can go to those experienced teachers and say, what are those tiny little tweaks that you make in your lesson that I could make in my lesson? So we can't change our age. We cannot change how much time we have been in the classroom, but we can go to people who are good models for good teaching and talk to them. So there you go. This is the research that I found about how teachers are spending their time and about how much talking we are actually doing in the classroom. I want to reiterate, when we talk about framing this conversation about research, again, this is not to make anyone feel any specific way about the amount of time you're talking in the classroom. One thing that I want to say is that it makes sense for us to talk to give directions. And so to an extent, there is always going to be a teacher talking if the teacher has the physical ability to talk. It's not that talking is bad. It's that we want to make sure we are spending our time achieving our musical and social and ensemble goals. And talking just for the sake of talking is probably not one of our goals. So with that in mind, as I was reading these studies, I wrote down some quick wins that these made me think of. These are just going to be bullet points. These are very quick tweaks that we can do based on the uh, research that we have talked about today so some quick wins number one if you can model it instead of speaking choose to model number two write down directions instead of repeating the same thing over and over number three establish routines number four point out positive behavior number five ask a student to lead explain or demonstrate and number six think through the teaching process before you stand in front of students All of these studies are going to be linked in the website page for this episode. So if you go to your show notes, you'll find something that says find the show notes here. And if you click on that here, then you'll be taken to the specific page at victoriabowler.com where you can find links to these research articles. I like reading these research studies because it shows us that we are not alone. There are things that as an industry, we are all working toward and using more time where students are doing things and less time where we are just talking about things. That is certainly on the to-do list for a lot of us, maybe even most of us. (laughs) So today we have looked at uh, some research that says, if this is something that is on your mind, you're not alone. And we have looked at some specific ways that we can work toward talking less so students can do more.